Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Surviving Empathy Podcast. I am your host, Brian Russell of Chef Bright Comedy, and we're all about making the world a better place, kindness and decency, but not sugarcoating life's realities. That's what this is all about. You can help us by going over to my Patreon and pitching in $3, $5, $10, or $20. If you do the $5 or $10 tiers, guess what? You get some free swag, guys. What's up with that? There ain't nothing wrong with that. But in all seriousness, we are trying to put on a good, fun, thoughtful, intelligent show that has a good mix of thoughtfulness, insightfulness, and humor that's what this all is all about so if you want to pitch into the cause you can help at my tip jar that is on linktree that is www.linktree.com forward slash chef bright comedy everything under our banner is chef bright comedy you can pitch in a couple of bucks one-time donations to our tip jar or you can become a patron on Patreon, and that is where you'll get free swag. It's all good. Uh, but helping us helps better the brand and also helps better people's mental health. We have a lot of people who listen to this show who really love the, the mixture of humor, heart, and compassion. That is what this is all about, and to live a good life. Today's episode is all about Cobra Kai, you guys. Any fans out there of Cobra Kai? But the show today is all about Cobra Kai and the mental health and life lessons that can be learned from the show. That's what this is all about. You know, life is hard for a lot of folks these days, and that's why we put on this positive show, but we try very hard not to sugarcoat it but to give solutions, to help you figure out what you can do to make your life better. That's what we're trying to do. So part one here is all about life lessons and mental health lessons. And part two dives deep into the characters and the mental health lessons and the story arc they had to learn. Get comfortable and let's begin. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Surviving Empathy Podcast. I am your host, Brian Russell of Chef Bride Comedy, and today... Ladies and gentlemen, I've got my beautiful host. She's the host with the most. She's my wife. She's my partner. She's my friend. She's all that. Rebecca Russell, please say hello to the folks. Hello. All that in a bag of chips. <laughs> I get chips too? Yes. Oh, sweet. Uh, so, <laughs> hey, you guys. Welcome to another episode. Today, uh, we decided we wanted to take another crack at Cobra Kai. So we're going to talk about Cobra Kai a little bit. So I'm tentatively calling this episode Cobra Kai and growing up in the modern world and the lessons that can be learned and the mental health implications therein. Because at the end of the day, I mean, that's what I really like about this show, don't you think, is that um, it's modern, it, it has modern sensibilities, uh, it, it it tackles a bunch of things simultaneously, and there is just a a host of 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 values and lessons that can be learned in this show, don't you think? Yeah, definitely. Because <clears throat> I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, um, a lot of shows don't take place in the real world; they take it place in some version of the real world, but you don't see or feel society around it. 
It's like almost that it exists in a vacuum, whereas this feels like it's the heart and soul of the valley. And I can tell you as a Californian, that's the valley. <laughs> you know, karate in the valley. I don't know if karate is big in the valley, but I do know that in the San Fernando Valley, uh, it's L.A. So you're yeah. dealing with a lot of stuff. And, and uh, living in the modern world, we have to be prepared. We have to be prepared to get attacked. We have to be prepared for bullies. We have to be prepared to be strong and tough. But then how, when we get tough, do we... Uh, sort of keep our tender, sensitive, loving side. You know, that's the problem with Kenny. Uh, we'll talk about Kenny's character later on. But uh, at the end of the day, um, I guess the good place to start is, uh, spoiler alert, we will probably go into detail about Season 5 and uh, basically the whole show. Uh, so if you haven't uh, watched or you don't care, uh, just... You know, go back and watch first, or if you don't care, we'll, we will try our hardest not to spoil everything. Uh, but we, you know, we're issuing a spoiler alert because, frankly, you can't get into the weeds with all this without telling story points. So, uh, yeah, you want to go ahead and just set up the uh, basic premise of this season. The basic premise is that they had the big karate tournament the end of last season, yeah. And Cobra Kai won, and the deal that they had made was that whoever won would be the karate dojo in the valley. So right. Cobra Kai won. So the other team would have to relent and close down their doors, yeah. essentially. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. So yeah. that's where it starts, and Terry Silver is the head of Cobra Kai because Kreese is in prison. Because falsely, he set him up, because right. Because he set him up. Right. So basically, it's just... Terry Silver wants Cobra Kai to take over the valley and beyond, and it's just all of them dealing with the repercussions of that. Yeah, exactly right. Now, Kreese is a turd, but but Terry Silver is a next-level sociopath. You want to talk about the difference between those two? Yeah. Um, well, Kreese, you find out they were both in Vietnam. Um, Kreese lost the love of his life. Yeah. Well, he was there. She died in a car accident. And these things matter in terms of making up their psychological profiles. Yeah, absolutely. They're not all bad. They're not just mm -hmm. Bond villains. There's something there. Yeah. And he started Cobra Kai and went into the whole thing with good intentions of yeah. helping kids be strong and stand up for themselves mm -hmm. and just kind of took it a little bit too far and went the wrong direction with it. But well, he had a, good intentions. Yeah, and that's a real ongoing theme that we're going to talk about. Um and then Terry Silver just set up who he is and how he got there and uh, what you yeah. think maybe his motivations are. Well, he and Kreese were good friends. They were in Vietnam together. Mm -hmm. um, and you can just tell from the flashbacks, because I don't remember the original movies very well, but yeah. he's he seems to have always been a rich kid. Yeah, So he, was. he always had what he wanted, didn't want for anything, and he's just a sociopath. Yeah, I, I definitely get the impression that he probably grew up uh, at least upper middle class. Now, if he was a complete rich kid, there is no fucking way he would have made it to Vietnam unless there was yeah. a draft. Which but then was, he probably would have just went to college. Yeah. Because college kids could get out of the draft. So I'm, I'm thinking, you know, for the purposes of this story, he probably grew up at least uh, upper middle class, if not rich. Or maybe he just wanted to go to Vietnam. There's those kids who think they can make a difference, you know. 
Uh, but at the end of the day, do you think those characters were always evil or bad? Um, or do you think something happened to them to change them? And what do you think that might be? Yeah, I don't think Crease always was. I think it was the war and losing, losing his, girlfriend his girlfriend that just yeah. kind of pushed him over the edge. And yeah. then he just kind of kept taking little baby steps closer and closer to the edge of just being bad. Yeah. And I think Silver was probably just a sociopath from the beginning. Yeah, well, and I love the way they explained last season when they introduced the character of Terry. That uh, Because when you go back to watch uh, Karate Kid 2, where they introduced Terry Silver, I mean, he looks like an insane person. And why would this older man take this focus on this random teen? You know, they knew that there was something odd about that, and so they just kind of made it like (laughs) he's a sociopath who had a drug problem with cocaine, and he was on coke through the 80s, and I thought, perfect. Yeah. That is perfect. Yeah. And they don't really explain how he got rich, whether he started out rich, which I think he did somewhat, but he is filthy rich. Oh, he's rich as rich now. yeah. Yeah. And that's why he can do all this stuff and provide all this stuff. Do you think there, you know, because he can be a very charming, charismatic man, and we all know, we've done episodes on what a sociopath is, what a psychopath is, we've done shows on the Dark Triad, you should go back, it's my most popular episode where I talk about the Dark Triad, Um, but do you think that there's anything legit about him, is he, because he could come off very charismatic, uh, very jovial, and uh, I do believe... There's got to be a little good in him, but to what extent do you think he's just full of shit? I think he's 99.5% full of shit. Yeah, you think, I think everything is about act. an agenda? I do. Yeah, you know, I, I do. I, I think it's more about his business acumen and his ability to conquer. Because, you know, I'll tell you from experience that, you know, I've been talking about learning agency, where we learn to master our body and mind. Uh, that's what... Uh, martial arts does same with the army anything any discipline that you learn uh you learn to take agency over yourself and unfortunately when you learn to take agency at that level of discipline and at that level of acumen uh you get a little bit uh heavy-handed we'll say and we'll talk about that later on but um but i do believe that um yeah i think i think it's all for him about um charming the pants off of people for an agenda there's always a a mission they don't talk about any history of any family any girlfriend any anything right it's just like he's this solo evil bad guy yeah 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 well i kind of wrote a list here that would kind of keep us on target i think there's a lot of things about this show that we can learn about uh the modern world you know and yeah you know, of course, it's TV land, so it's going to be a little bit surreal, a little bit hyper uh, surrealized. You know, uh, it's a TV show, so it's going to be a little bit extreme. Well, just to keep us on target, I kind of came up with a little list of things that we can talk about. And it's not really in any particular order, but um, but there's a lot of things that we can learn about the real world in this. And while it is hyper stylized and all that... Um, at the end of the day, yeah, these are all real-world problems, and that's why I want to do a show about this. It's not so much about Cobra Kai and Karate Kid, while I do geek on that, too, because I grew up with it. Well, of um, course. 
Yeah, you know, but um, but it's more about the lessons we can learn from this. So I have a list here of all this stuff. Uh, bullying, of course, comes to mind first. Uh, living in the modern world, you know, you know, like I said, a lot of shows take place in different eras. They might take place in a different uh, locale, but living in the modern world with Starbucks and school and the way things are with the internet and all that, I think is really a good lesson because even though a lot of shows take place in the modern world, they don't really, I don't know, they don't exp they don't show the modern world as being the backdrop like this show does. This show had, you know, the town, the valley, cell phones, Starbucks, all those things, all those modern amenities is really a character in the show, don't you think? Yeah, and a large part of that is because of Johnny. They show his just complete non-understanding of all of that stuff, so it's a big character part yeah. for him. So. He's basically <laughs> a man out of time. He's stuck yeah. in the 80s, and it's... It's charming because, you know, he's trying. I think if he wasn't trying, it'd be like, oh, God, Johnny, mm -hmm. you know, but he's trying and he's he's really growing. And we'll, we're going to go later on. So part one, we're going to try our best to be about the traits. And then part two is going to be more about the characters. But there's going to be a lot of mix of that. It's hard to, you know, it's hard to keep them all completely separated because you have to cite examples. But um but uh, bullying, socioeconomic differences, body image, our idea of beauty, and finding the beauty in uh, untraditional beauty. I think of uh, Dimitri and his new girlfriend. Well, not new, but uh, mm -hmm. what's her name again? Yasmin. Yasmin. Yeah. And she's the typical resting bitch face, rich lady, rich gal. But then she's become likable. And I love the way they've yeah. done that, where they've taken unlikable characters and made them likable and likable characters and 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 made them you know the bad guy the mm -hmm. villain so it's cool uh nerd versus jocks people can change trust and the breaking of trust uh relationships and when people change the relationship changes with it so i think um you know i think about uh, uh, uh sam and miguel you know uh, uh as people grow into themselves, they may find themselves wanting to sort of kick certain people to the curb. Sometimes with good intentions of growth, and sometimes uh, it's a little uncalled for. You just kick somebody mm -hmm. out of your life. You're like, hey, what gives there, you know? Yeah. And then I have here a bunch of other things. But uh, let's go into the details of that. Let's go into the weeds of that. Uh, living in the modern world, I want your commentary on what you think this show can uh, teach us in a general broad sense that it's living in the valley in Los Angeles and California in 2022 with internet and bullies and uh, predators and sociopaths and yet also good people and maybe some of the socioeconomic differences there. Well, I really like the fact that not everyone lives in a big giant house in the suburbs. I know, yeah. I like that there's a kind of crappy apartment and building that, they that people live in. Show and apartments with nice houses back yeah. and forth in a way that doesn't sugarcoat it, but it also doesn't disparage it either. Well, no, it's just part of life just, because hey, that's how life is. I'm just a and, sensei. I don't get a big house. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and I really like that because there's so many shows like 
I don't know, Friends comes to mind where they all have this giant apartment and well, none of them have that, any Yeah, I was jobs. saying that in the last episode, like when we were talking about singles, where the two main uh, love interest characters, uh, of course, automatically have degrees and automatically have careers and automatically have nice houses. And uh, it's almost like that's baked in so that they don't have to deal with that later. But this show decided, no, no, we're not going to sugarcoat that. We're not going to hide from that. We're going to lean into real world problems. And I think they do an excellent, excellent job of just showing the modern world and and showing the modern world as a backdrop, as a character in the show. It's great. Yeah, absolutely. And the way they show the use of the Internet, Facebook and YouTube. And And Johnny's like Johnny has one Twitter follower. He's like, (laughs) I'm fighting LaRusso. It's on. He's like, who does he think he's texting to? Right. Who does he think he's tweeting to? I'm, Miguel's his only friend. Yeah, <laughs> I'm his only yeah. friend. Exactly. Oh, but golly. yeah, they show how that can be used, like how it is used these days for bullying and yes. posting videos online and making fun of people well, online. Well, yeah, and-, and it shows the different kinds of bullying. There's the kind of traditional bullying where people pick on somebody, but then there's the online bullying or even worse, video bullying, where mm-hmm. you might just be trying to take away and chip away at somebody's self-esteem through becoming friends with their friends and and uh, sort of uh, ostracizing somebody from the group. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah. I like that that's, it's just kind of incorporated into it. Absolutely, because yeah. Because that's real life. Well, we leave Daniel uh, in season five, Daniel San, as I love to call him. Uh, that's S A N, not S O N. It's not Daniel Sun. It's Daniel Sun. It's Japanese. Uh, I learned that in Iron Chef. Okumi san, <laughs> go! <laughs> I love that. Uh, I love Japanese culture. But um, uh, uh, Daniel, you know, he, for the most part during this uh, whole series, he's always had a level of level headedness. He's always ha- been the moral rock, the moral. Uh, the one with the most moral fiber, and he's always sort of been in control. And this is the first time we've seen Daniel sort of slowly fall out of sorts, fall away from his teachings and fall away to the point where he's losing his fucking mind and he's going crazy and he doesn't know how to deal with something for the first time. And I really like the way that happened, even though I was like, hoo-wee, man, is it, could, you know, it's just bad gets worse each episode (laughs) things get worse for him but i like the way they did that you know it was just a really good way to to show how even people who don't start problems can end up guess what laying in bed with a bunch of problems yeah absolutely and it it i like how it does show that the good guy doesn't always win like ultimately yeah but in the weeds of it in the middle of everything well and i think that teaches people that um don't stop halfway through the episode. You've got more to do, mm-hmm. and you yeah. and, and the good good people will end up on top. And um, and while that might sound a little cliche, I do believe it to be true in a general sense. Would yeah. you, you want to elaborate on that a well, little bit? Yeah, I mean, I, not always, obviously, but yeah. it it does seem that good most of the time will triumph. And why do and, you suppose that is? Because I don't necessarily think it's spiritual. I don't necessarily believe that it's God giving you and currying you favor, although who knows. But but I really do believe it has to do with character. 
And people yeah. with character create the right vibes and energy. Yeah. And that, I don't know, it seems like people who do the right thing uh, most of the time end up in a place of uh, just ha- being the moral center, having the moral mm-hmm. upper hand. Yeah, and the way that this portrays it is that the bad guy, there's just that level of arrogance that ends up being his undoing. Because he thought he could do no wrong, and he was convinced of that. He was going to win no matter what. Yeah. And didn't think of every little angle and just had that arrogance that he was going to get by no matter what. Yeah, well, and that teaches us that what? Might doesn't always make right. He's got all the money. He's got all the wealth. He's got all the resources. He's He knows more people. That's how he uh, found out about uh, Chosen, Joe Chosen, the sensei. Of, of of Miyagi Do Karate because he didn't he didn't cheer the right way because oh people from Kyoto say this but you didn't do that and that's what tipped him off mm-hmm. uh, yeah. but I did want to talk about some of the newer characters that came on uh, let's talk about that real quick and then we'll move on but yeah. uh, uh, one of the most delightful and surprising new cast members was uh, the guy from uh, Karate Kid Two. The one that he fought at the end, uh, and he was a psycho back then. Yeah, and he was trained by Sato, which is, um, you know, uh, basically uh, Miyagi's uh, cousin or something. Yeah, I don't remember, but Sato was Chosen's uncle. Yeah, so. and Chosen was the young one who grew up under his tutelage, and I think that's just it: is that he learned, just like the overarching lesson of this whole show, is that is that you might get strength, power, popularity, all these things, but if you do it the wrong way, if you're on the wrong side of of what's right, you're on the wrong side of history. And so, yeah, maybe you're winning right now, but in the long run, um, uh, you learn that um, the way your tactics and means of doing it are fucking wrong. And uh, I just love that not only was the overarching story of the show that... But also, he learned that as well. When when uh, when Daniel spared him at the end and honked his nose rather than uh, finished him, yeah. uh, it brought him dishonor for many years. But then uh, he slowly sort of gained a perspective that uh, he was being radicalized. And yeah. we can see that in our politics today. Oh, absolutely. You know, I don't yeah. pick on Republicans because they're bad and evil. I pick on them because one day they're going to grow to realize that their methods and tactics and the people that they allow to take over their party is fucking wrong. It's not about being conser- conservative. It's about this overarching understanding that when you're on the wrong side of history, that history has a way of catching up to you. Yeah. Sure. And does it doesn't mean that all liberals are good? Doesn't mean that all conservatives are bad. It just means that you are complicit in the Cobra Kai shitty bully tactics that will be your undoing eventually. And mm-hmm. uh, I don't know. I think, uh, you know, I'm not saying that Democrats are perfect in any way, but they are working for middle class people. You can see it. Uh, don't don't believe what you see. Believe what you or don't believe what you hear. Believe what you see, and what we're seeing when you look at their voting records. Uh, that I I do believe that you know uh, 
they are the Cobra Kai right now. They're, they, they might be winning in a lot of ways, but their methods and tactics will be found out and uh, that good will prevail. And that doesn't mean that necessarily Democrats will win, just that eventually people will hopefully wake up to the fact that, uh, pe- you know, you got to have character in what you're doing. If you follow the wrong people, if you follow criminals and crooks and liars, uh, chances are you're going to become one. Yeah, I definitely. You know, not to make it political. Just, <laughs> just saying. <laughs> no, but I was so happy to see Chosen. He's such a likable guy. He's, of course, pulled a complete 180 from who he was in Karate Kid. Yeah. And he's smart and he's wise. And uh, there's a, he's, he's, there's a gent- genteelness about him that is just so fucking likable. I love that when he was, uh, well, first, you know, he was nude in the swimming pool. That was hilarious. But then um, uh, when uh, when he accidentally, when they went to go meet Mike Barnes at the furniture store and uh, he s- comes to Daniel's rescue, even though Barnes wasn't trying to do anything. <laughs> they were just rescued. Yeah. yeah, he rescues him and kind of they get in a fight. And then he's like, whoa, whoa, wait. And then he's like, oh, well, that's going to be a problem. And then they look outside. He beat up. All his movers, <laughs> all his employees are like sitting there on the ground, <laughs> licking their wounds. It was hilarious. Um, but but I love that character uh, because he's wise and he's kind. And I think that's the overarching point of the show is that, you know, it's not as, you know, Miyagi-Do is not as cool. It's not as tech savvy. It's not as wealthy. It's not as popular as Cobra Kai. Cobra Kai is like cool because it's edgy. It's flashy. It's, it's flashy. It's, 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 they wear dark black colors. They, they're the cool kids. They're the rich kids. They're the ones that have all the cool tech. And, uh, sometimes, you know, in the end, it boils down to, ah, you know, sometimes just better methods prevail better yeah. character and integrity prevails over the fact that you know and i think that really says a lot in our society because um there's a lot of celebrity culture a lot of people that people like out there you know like take joe rogan i got nothing against a guy i don't think he's evil or anything but um is he really teaching moral values and lessons or is he just sort of uh somebody who got wealthy and he's living the life that he was given based on those circumstances. And then he's going to retroactively talk about how he designed it this way in some yeah. way. No, oh, you lucked right. out, dude. And it'd mm-hmm. be nice that he was just humble enough to admit that. Well, and that's what I love about Chosen. Like he, he talks about how he had such a, a hard journey because he was, his honor was taken away with the whole Daniel thing, the fight and all this. Which could have been about, serious. He could have killed yeah, himself. Yeah. And you know? he talks about his journey and how he grew and learned so many things and talks about how honor is the absolute most important above, thing in life above, above, above all. all else. And I have to agree with that. Death before dishonor. That means that you would be willing to die before dishonoring yourself. And while, you know, there's a lot of ambiguity on what's honorable, what's not. Uh, the point is, is that American culture doesn't have the cultural heritage that, like, say, Okinawa has. Um, it's a hodgepodge. It's a hodgepodge of different cultures. It's a hodgepodge of different modern and old-fashioned sensibilities. And at the end of the day, I mean, what it boils down to is is integrity and being proud of your heritage. 
and being proud of the fact, frankly, that um, you do things the right way. Yeah, it's absolutely. a Hank Hill lesson. Yeah, it is. Yeah, <laughs> and that's one thing I like about just it just came to me is that all the kids involved in the whole show they're just from all walks of life. They're from different socioeconomic classes yeah. it's so just such a it's yeah sure. it's exactly what life is and well and that's exactly it you know i think the problem in our politics and i don't mean to keep harping on politics i just mean to say that socio-politically when you grow up in a rural red state there's not a lot of mexicans there's not a lot of latinos there's not a lot of black people around and so you grow up sort of ignorant of of certain things. You grow up ignorant of women's rights and where we're at now. You grow up ignorant. And while that shouldn't excuse their bad behavior, um, my point simply is, is that this is LA. So this is what life is. You're going to see black people. You're going to see Asian people. You're going to see Mex Latino people. I almost said Mexicans, but there's a lot of Latinos out there. Mm -hmm. But my point is, is that we should be used to multiculturalism at this point. The fact that we still have People clinging to this hate, clinging to this multicultural um, intolerance. It's just pathetic. Yeah. Update absolutely. your software, guys. Come on. Yeah. Absolutely. Get with the program. Get with the times. Yep. Well, I think we should probably slow it down and go into these bullet points. So we talked about living in the modern world. Do you have anything else to, to add to that? Not really. It's just they just integrated into the show as part of life. Yeah, and while it is hyper-stylized, I do yeah. believe that um, it shows the modern world as a backdrop in a way that a lot of shows either don't show or take you, you take it for granted. Mm -hmm. I, another show that does that really well is Better Call Saul. Yeah, for sure. shows the modern world as is, good or bad, and uh, mm -hmm. I think that's really important well, and for just, kids to see. Yeah, and it just came to mind the the conversations between the kids at the beginning, the text conversations, and how like, oh no, there's not an emoji. If there was an emoji, it'd be totally different. And just the the level of nuance. What in are you referring texts. to there? When they're talking, when Miguel is talking to Sam, I need oh. we need to talk tonight, and then oh no, there's the no kids, emoji. The it means answer, she's mad. Yeah, exactly. And so all the and things that we think based on modern stuff. Yeah, yeah exactly. And that's a modern thing where you know, like anytime I want to soften the blow on social media, I give them a little winky face. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but it was <laughs> just a, it was a great scene because they were both going through this on each side because they didn't actually talk. It was how to interpret the how text. How do you interpret the, the text? Well, she's being too matter of fact. She's mad at you. Right. There's no yeah. emoji at the exactly. end. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And that that's was, that's how it is. That yeah, that was really cute. Well, first on my list after that is bullying. Let's just get the elephant out of the room. I mean, of yeah. course the whole series, including the Karate Kid movies, is all about bullying. How this smaller, weaker kid learns karate uh from from an old man, uh learns the wisdom and all the lessons there. And uh, at the end of the day, I mean, you know, that's why at, at first, Kenny, he's that um, uh, little black kid who uh, is the, uh, he's the brother of that other uh, black guy that was friends with Robbie, who ended up in Juvenile Hall. And uh, his story started as he was just this geeky kid who liked to do online gaming and stuff. Yeah. And now that he's learned that Cobra Kai, he's gained confidence. He's gained uh, strength and power. He's learned how to uh, 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 hand 
handle himself. And that's what I loved about, because I took karate. And I took judo, too. And it teaches you how to handle yourself, not just fighting, but it gives you the confidence to handle everything in life. Relationships, school, uh, every, everything that's going to come your way. You feel like you got it under control because you routinely do these trying, difficult things that'll, that really give you this understanding that you can do it, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, but I wanted to talk about Kenny because, you know, I really was rooting for Kenny. Uh, and I'm sure season six, he'll have a transformation, all that. You know, they always do. Mm -hmm. um, but Kenny grew not, he went so, he went from picked on kid to the picker on her kid, picking on uh, Daniel LaRusso's son, Anthony. And, and now it's just gotten to the point where he's just an asshole. He's the asshole bully aggressor. Yeah. Because it, it got to the point where they kind of got back at each other. It should have evened the score. Like Anthony even. apologized Over. to him and but said I was wrong. And he it. keeps pushing and, it and being which, aggressive about it. Which means that he's learning that Cobra Kai and No Mercy is more than just words. It's a philosophy. And it's a bad one. Because if you don't show mercy, it means that you don't show compassion for people. Yeah. And it means that you, you're not concerned about being right you're concerned about dominating yeah. which is a great way to teach kids strength but a really shitty way to show where the line ought to be of compassion and 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 just having inner character yeah absolutely so is there anything more that you can say about the the bullying aspect of the show what do you think it's teaching young kids what do you think it's teaching uh, aggressors do you think it's uh, has any um long-term uh, sort of uh, lessons that people are getting from this. Possibly. I mean, just it could because it does show the repercussions of bullying people and how it affects them. Yeah. As far as relationships and, and depression and well, all and of that. Well, hopefully so. it teaches people, um, you know, to learn where the line is. It's, yeah. it's not about revenge. It's about justice. And there is a yeah. there's a threshold where you get your justice and you stop. You don't keep going yeah. towards revenge because mm -hmm. now you have a hateful heart and you're going too far and now you're not in the ethical right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, and I just simply have written here hardships. You know, I, I'm automatically reminded of the hardships of, of Tori. Tori has to grow yeah. up poor in an apartment, raising her sickly mother... Um, it shows how inherently unfair life is and how do we deal with it? Do we allow it to make us bitter or do we allow it to make us better? Uh, you want to yeah. talk about hardship? Well, yeah. I mean, she's the epitome of hardship in the series. And yeah. it it explains why she was so attracted to Cobra Kai because it, it taught her strength. It taught her to feel strong and good about herself. Yeah. It gave her attention that she didn't have. Sure. Um, so you can absolutely see why she was attracted to it. And, and why now she you're not it. just the poor kid living in an apartment. Yeah. You are a winner. You have inner strength and uh, people see you for for your traits rather than just seeing you for your socioeconomics. Because I can tell you, you know, being the poor kid myself, I really do feel that um, I was ostracized by the end in soccer. You know, I lost 
I didn't get on the team the last year. And I think it yeah. had to do with the kids talking smack. And it happened to me and dance too. Well, yeah, yeah. And I was a good, I was in, I was a good player too. You know? So the fact is that all that kind of gossip uh, ended up sort of, you know, affecting my soccer career. Uh, it's hard not to get bitter about it. And at the time I didn't really know that's what it was. But as I got older, I realized it was probably a lot of fucking, you know, uh, infighting and talking behind my back telling the coach hey he's this this and this when what it what really upset them is that we were different people mm-hmm. kids don't like different and they love poking and prodding those differences and that's what we're trying to teach on the show is that as you grow older um differences shouldn't matter yeah no not at all why should it's- it matter variety is the spice of life you know mm-hmm. And I just, I do like her arc because at first she kind of, she did let it go to her head. Yeah. But then when she found out about the, the ref being paid off and that she yeah. might not have really won. She and had a bout of conscience she had a and it took a little while. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's the thing is that, you know, in most TV shows, she would immediately have acted on that. Instead, just like Stingray, it took them time to come to their senses. It took t- it takes time because you're under pressure. Well, and because she was the top doc, she was like the champion in the oh, dojo, so she was getting that, that attention up. that she never had Absolutely. in real life. So right. yeah, it took a while. Well, and that's just it: is that sometimes we don't come to our senses or come to our conscience right away. Sometimes we have to live with it for a while and realize, okay, I'm not, I'm not feeling good about this. Mm-hmm. I better say something. Yeah. For sure. Because especially when you have something to lose. I mean, Stingray could lose the car, the house, the everything that he was being bribed with, uh, with Tori. Yeah, you you know, you go to her house. She's got a sickly mother there. The place is a sty. Um, it's this just cheap apartment. And, um, you know, and so what can she feel good about other than her looks and her fitness and her, uh, her, her ability to kick ass? Yeah, and she's never been treated in a fair way, so she doesn't have that trust that people will see her for who she is and actually treat her right. like a human well, being. Well, and I love the fact that, because I never hated her. I, I was like, when is she going to be on the right side? Because mm-hmm. I'm, th- I feel like that's where the show is going, is that they always make bad guys come to their conscience, and then eventually uh, they become good guys. You know, Hawk went to the dark side for a while. Uh, there's others who Robbie Robbie went to the mm-hmm. dark side for a while and everybody's realizing that Cobra Kai is poison it's and that's what happens when you poison your heart with hate when you're poisoning your heart with vengeance and mer- and no mercy um, that uh, it, it's good to be tough but when you lack empathy uh, you're doing it for the wrong reasons and you know uh, history will judge uh, you as as for for being not on the right side of history. Yeah. Yeah, I also like the way that uh, Sam and Tori, their 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 relationship, Samantha, uh, you can tell was raised by Daniel. Uh, she's thoughtful. She's mature. She's kind. And while she hates her sometimes, uh, when she starts to take uh, all the the totality of what Tori's going through into consideration. She has a way of empathizing in ways that most people don't. And that's what I love about the little Russos is they're always, always 
the moral center. They always mm-hmm. know where the moral and ethical line should be. And it uh, doesn't mean they don't get pissed. It doesn't mean they don't lash out. It just means that um, they were raised with a lot of integrity and a lot of decency. And uh, you can't lose that in life because you will yeah. get lost out there. You yeah. will get lost out there when you lose that. What do you think that is? What is th- that? Con- is it conscience? I always thought of it as having a conscience. I never lost my conscience even when I was, uh, you know, going out learning new things and gaining popularity and all these things. At the end of the day, if you lose your conscience, you lose your soul, frankly. Yeah, it's conscience and it's it's honor. And honor. Honor, mm-hmm. integrity, decency. Yeah, those are important. And when you lose them, you lose the moral right you lose mm-hmm. you you lose the moral high ground yeah so next here i have uh, socioeconomic differences it's refreshing that a show can show rich and poor getting along in a way where people can be friends i mean they threw that whole party at the cheap apartments there yeah and nobody exactly. was like eh, too right? good for it mm-hmm. you know i like that that yeah. was refreshing yeah definitely because that does not get shown very often yeah and it's always media. and it's always been uh sort of like yeah most sitcoms and tv shows sort of sort of kind of just paint over the fact that somebody's poor that, that everybody's got a good job everybody has a great apartment poverty doesn't exist and uh so they can make room for all these episodes but what if the poverty is part of the journey? What if being broke and, and you know, learning how to, I mean, that was how the whole start show started, basically, is that Johnny, you know, uh, you know, pan to him sitting on the floor with a bunch of banquet beers all over the beer bottles all <laughs> over the floor. And, you know, he's defeated. He's got nothing. He lives in a crappy apartment. He loses his job. And then. It makes them rise up to this idea that I can teach kids. I can I can do something valuable with my life with this skill that I have. And, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, we have to get used to the fact that there's going to be rich and poor in this world. And uh, I love the way they do it because I feel like it's done in a way where um, they're not vilifying the rich and they're not coddling the poor. It just is. Yeah, exactly. It's... It- they don't call attention to it. It's just part of who everybody is and what mm-hmm. the backdrop is. Yeah. It is what it is, you know. Okay, what about body image? Our idea of beauty and finding the beauty in untraditional beauty. So, you know, you know, I, I automatically think about how Dimitri ended up with... Um, Yasmin. Yasmin. Mm-hmm. And while she was written as a real bitch in the first season, now she's just resting bitch face girl who happens to be nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like the way that, well, and it shows that people grow. We're not Bond villains. The, the kids that we grew up around that were mean to us, sometimes they're as bad as, uh, you know, Kenny, where they just never change. They never grow. Or Kyler. We'll talk about yeah. him. Uh, that's the Asian guy from Cobra Kai that never learns his lesson. <laughs> Uh, but, um, but, but, but there, you know, people are people and growth can happen. Um, but also there's a trust bond that has to be earned first. Um, but what do you think about, uh, what the show says about body image and, uh, nerds versus jocks, all that kind of stuff? Yeah. Well, they, 
they call attention to it just to let you know that that's it's a thing and we're gonna kind of they don't shove it in your face yeah but everybody in karate there's all different body types there's short yeah tall thin chubby like well yeah and um i i think it's cute because like you take samantha um she doesn't have huge boobs she's not rail thin um she's cute she's a girl She's a girl. She is who she is. She is who she is. And they don't call attention to it either way. One is, way or the other, right. Yeah. Yeah. And they and and in society we shouldn't. Yeah. Absolutely. To ostracize each other for our physical differences is awful. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, it teaches a good lesson that if you're a little on the nerdy side, you know, it's like Hawk. Hawk before he was a part of the Proton Twins or whatever it was right. called. <laughs> and he was with Dimitri and they were nerds together. And then he was like, Well, I want to be more than that. And then as he got a taste of coolness, it went too far. But then, you know, he was humbled and he learned his lesson. And so that's a really beautiful mm-hmm. lesson to learn as a person. Yeah. And I like the fact that because like Hawk, his transformation was a little more extreme with the tattoos and the mohawk. And, yeah. and that's when Moon was like, oh, look at him. Right. But with Dimitri, he's learned karate, but he's still the completely nerdy guy still that the same he's guy. always it been. Didn't go to his and, head, yeah. He's still exactly the same. Yeah. Which shows a lot of character. Mm-hmm. And I think Yasmin paid attention to him initially because of the karate. Yeah. But then she got to know him. And then right. now they've been together for well, however long. And what I like about Dimitri is that, yes, he's a little nerdy. Yes, he's tech savvy. Uh, but he's very meta. He, he just like uh, Daniel's wife, uh, what's her uh, Amanda. Uh, Amanda? Just like Amanda, um, they're very meta. They they see everything ahead of time. Yeah, it's kind of like Amanda talking about. Um, uh, so is this going to be uh, about your big? Uh, you know, when he's talking to Terry, <laughs> is this going to be a part of your uh, big big super karate plan? <laughs> you know, like <laughs> she's just very like she 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 yeah. kind of makes it makes you realize how ridiculous the whole rivalry yeah. is. Mm-hmm. And it's funny. And Dimitri is always like, why are people always so impressed by what's cool? Like, he just doesn't right. care. Yeah, and I like that. I like that, too. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I just like that all the kids are who they are. They haven't mm-hmm. changed for anybody else. It's just they, yeah. they blossom into who they are, and then other people appreciate them for that. Well, and isn't that what life is supposed yeah. to be? We're not it's, supposed to exactly. be the best we're not supposed to be the most beautiful we're supposed to be the best we can be and the most beautiful we can be because our heart is showing the beauty mm-hmm. and when you when you have a beautiful heart it it shows and it's not about physical perfection and it's not about being the most cool you know i've talked about how some people are just kind of geeky looking by n- nature and they deserve love too and uh, that's the thing is that you can't help You know, we watch this guy, Professor of Rock, all the time, and he's a total nerd, but I love him because he knows so much about music. He's got kids of his own now, um, and that's just it. Nerds exist. Get used to it. (laughs) I'm a nerdy guy. I mean, I don't see the thing is with me is I can look nerdy when I wear my glasses, but when I take off my glasses and I put on my hat and I dress a certain way, Ah, it's like I'm hiding the secret. <laughs> I'm actually very nerdy, but um, but I, I just, I hide it well because I don't always look nerdy. And, you know, but uh, when women find out my nerdy secret, it's like either they're into it or they're not. <laughs> <laughs> 
So a good lesson to learn here is um, people can change. People can mm -hmm. change. So you want to maybe talk about what you think about the lesson here uh, in the show that people can change. Sometimes for the better, sometimes for the worse. But 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 I think the lesson here is is that when we give people a chance, uh, people can change for the better. Oh, definitely. And it. It's just all about people growing into who they are. And that yeah. usually does involve change. And if you're really, if you really care about someone, you just allow them to be themselves and grow into who they are. And Well, I think the vast majority of us are afraid of change because with change, especially if you're used to change hurting you, you become afraid of change. You know, I just changed podcast hosts the other day and I was nervous. I was like, what if they lose all my episodes or what if... It's not the same, you know. We're not used to something. It's different, and it's scary. Yeah, and um, it high school, especially in our youth, is the time where the most change happens, and yet we're the least prepared to handle change. I love the way they talk about change here and how you can change uh, for the better. Yeah, and I like how they portray it, especially like with Tori, that she's been treated a certain way so much of her life, and she feels like if she changes people are gonna get on her for it or not appreciate who she is and even if she's not happy where she is the thought of changing and not knowing what's going to happen is scary yeah absolutely well yeah I, you know and, and and i i know from experience that i was a very shy dorky kid i was um you know i was just you know i was athletic but i wasn't a jock i was athletic you know, I did soccer and I did um, uh, skateboarding and I did judo and I did karate. Um, but it didn't exactly make me cool at that age, you know. And so uh, I was kind of a shy, introverted, uh, dorky kid. And then uh, as I got older, um, I had a growth spurt. I moved to a different uh, area, started a new school. And I got to start, you know, a foot taller uh, with muscles. And uh, my outside looked like an adult. My, my inside was still very awkward and geeky and shy. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, but, um, but change is hard, man, especially when you're growing up. And so, you know, if we can find ways to teach people not to be afraid of change, um, because that's how you get better. That's how you find success. That's how you find new people in your life. And without taking that initial first scary step, you can't ever do it. I mean, that's how we met each other. Mm -hmm. Oh, absolutely. So change is absolutely necessary. But, yeah. but yeah, I'm still scared of change because I'm always afraid that with change is going to come some unintended side effect, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, exactly. And that's what it showed with the relationships between Miguel and Robbie and Sam and Tori is that when they mm -hmm. did take those steps to come forward with who they are, Eventually, they were accepted for it, and everything ended up better because of it. Well, and it goes to show that honesty is the best policy, and that when you lie, when you cheat and steal, um, you know, people lose respect for you, and then people value people who can uh, be themselves, because when you try to put on an act, it shows, you know, yeah. and that kind of uh, takes me to uh, the, the Asian guy from Cobra Kai. His name is Kyler. What a butt plug. Let's talk about that <laughs> fella. <laughs> okay, so the character Kyler. Kyler Park, Cobra Kai. 
Now I'm sure the actor is a perfectly fine guy in real life. Let's let's separate <laughs> reality from uh, television, but uh, his character is one of the characters I think that has grown the least throughout this process. Oh yeah, definitely. And he's probably the biggest butt plug of them all because he just never drops the act. No, he's so arrogant. He's arrogant, and, like, he doesn't even respect his own culture because he's Asian. I remember when he was dating Samantha in season one, and he came over and he had fish. They they, they, they served fish. He's like, you know any fish sticks? Like, you're Asian. How do you not like fish? <laughs> Good grief. <laughs> yeah. His and- lacking in, in conscience, his, 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 it's, it, and I know people like that. I grew up in California. Some of the surfer deeds, they just never change. They just constantly have that air of asshole. He's the little rich kid who always gets what he wants. Yeah. You know, when I was in culinary school, I met a lot of Asian kids like that. Uh, there's a lot of rich Asian kids in uh, L.A. And I think what happens is is their, their parents say, hey, you got to go do something with your life or I'm cutting you off. And so they start culinary school. And I knew one kid, he was rich as shit. He always showed up in this nice car, like drove some Beamer or something. And uh, eventually he ended up quitting because, you know, that's the thing about culinary school. It separates the winners from the losers. You can't half-ass it through culinary school. Um, But he'd show up every day and, he, you know, you could tell he was just completely disinterested. And uh, you could kind of tell his upbringing and stuff. And, uh, you know, at the end of the day, you know, money don't buy uh, hard work. And uh, eventually... You know, he probably just got tired of having to commit himself to this. He thought this was going to be some easy thing he could do to shut up his parents, I'm sure. Um, but, you know, rich kids do rich kid stuff, and um, he just doesn't seem to be growing as a character. You know, everybody's had this major character arc except for him. Yeah. The only decent thing he did was taking off his Cobra Kai shirt. At the end of well, and maybe maybe finally they're all learning their lesson. Maybe I don't know. I just really don't know with him. Like when Anthony was like, he made some comment about he didn't know who Anthony was, or he's like, "You've been to my house. You dated my sister." He's yeah. like, "Well, I date a lot of sisters." Like he's I know, just such a just playing it off. What a little bag. douche! Yeah. I know, I know. And he's so he, you just love to hate him because he's yeah. such a dick bag. Mm-hmm. But um, but yeah, I just wanted to mention him because good grief, you know the show's about redemption, the show's about uh, bullies learning their lesson, and uh, I just I, you know I was actually surprised at the end when they all uh, when Terry was exposed for what he really is uh, that I was kind of half thinking half of them wouldn't care. Because, I mean, yeah. look at Trump supporters. They don't care. Yeah. They don't care if they win just as long as they um, side with the winner. You know, it, it's like sometimes some people just either aren't smart enough or, or just don't have the morals or ethics to understand how to change. Yeah, I'm really sure. shocked that some of them actually didn't just, like, stick with them anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's written that way. It's, so. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> In real life, he, that douche, douchey's probably would have stayed with mm-hmm. him. But yeah. Eh. <laughs> so this season was different because, like, there was a lot of little wins and losses for Daniel. 
throughout the season, ups and downs, peaks and valleys. Um, but this season, it just, for Daniel, it got worse and worse and worse and worse to the point where you're like, oh, my God, is it ever going to get better? It was torture for me because I, mm-hmm. I side with the side of right, you know. Yeah. And while I love Johnny Lawrence, um, you know, my friend, the conservative, the Trump supporter, loves Johnny. He just loves, you know, he, you know, some people just are not attracted to uh, Johnny Bookworms. Some people just don't like uh, goody two-shoes. Some people just want to live with a little bit more uh, oomph and pizzazz. And so while I love the Johnny character, too, I would have to say I'm probably more like Daniel in terms of uh, ethics and discipline and being morally centered, whereas some people just kind of go for the flash of being the cool kid, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. But as the season went or as season five went on, I was just like, God, is he ever going to catch a break? You know? And that was the thing that I loved about this season is like with Chris, he's kind of an old man. He's an old curmudgeon. He's tough. But Terry Silver really is what you think when you think of the big baddie. He's got money. He's got clout. He's got wealth. He's got resources. And he's smooth. And uh, unlike Crease, where you can see all the cracks in his facade, you can sort of strategize around him. Um, With Terry Silver, you can't always know what's going on with that guy because... Uh, he's devious, but he's very, very, he keeps his cards close to his chest. And uh, at the end of the day, it, it made Daniel lose his shit at one point, making everybody think he was crazy. But do you want to speak on that a little bit in terms of uh, Daniel's sort of story arc is that, you know, uh, sometimes it's not as satisfying when you just see your favorite character get worse and worse and lose and lose and lose and lose. <laughs> and you're just waiting for a win. And you don't know how it's going to happen. You know it's going to come, but you're not sure if it's going to come. Speak on that yeah, a little bit. Yeah, well, it was a little difficult to watch because, yeah, it just kept getting worse and oh, going downhill yeah. more and more. Well, and I like the way this ep- this season sort of subverted expectation. We're all expecting a tournament by the end. And uh, and it didn't happen. And, uh, and, and so I liked how uh, his story just got... To the point where even his own wife thought he was crazy. Like, dude, you are losing your shit. Speak on that a little bit. Well, the thing that made it work so well is because Terry is such a devious character. Like, everything that Daniel thought he was doing, thought he was saying, was happening. Yeah. But it was where other people couldn't see it. Yeah. So he was looking crazy. Well, and that's how good Terry is. He he knows how to be a smooth criminal he knows how to be smooth calm collected charming as hell he has resources and money and he doesn't need all this but he does it for his own ego oh and he loves playing with people he loves toying with people Mm -hmm. and that that goes back to original why would he toy with this kid it shows the true sociopath in this character yeah for sure yeah what do you think it was in Daniel that eventually he realized that um, he's playing right into Terry's hands? He's losing his mind. He's being gaslit like crazy. He knows that he's coming off crazy to everybody. What was the turning point for him in realizing his inner strength and conscience? The 
big thing was when Amanda took the kids and went to Ohio to yeah. see her mom. So well, that, that just put him down in the dumps at the bottom. And that was a very good necessary thing because, um, uh, because when she got there, she was with her friends and she could realize, you know, they fleshed out the story of just how much he was taunted by Terry as a kid that, you know, it's it's one thing to say it. It's quite another to, to hear the grueling details of just how much and to what extent he was tormented as a teen. Yeah, so that made her realize that she was maybe jumping the gun a little bit and that he wasn't overreacting as much as she thought he was. Yeah, absolutely. And I, a little point, uh, my, I learned this from my friend. So my friend, Craig, we're best friends, but we... You know, we're politically different, but we always get, we always agree on loving Cobra Kai. It's one of our, you know, big celebrating points that we can come together and, and have a friendship. But uh, we were texting back and forth, what'd you think, what'd you think, and all that. And he says um, at one point, in Karate Kid 3, Jessica mentioned she moved to L.A. from Ohio because of a girl named Elizabeth Ann Rooney who stole her boyfriend. Well, in Cobra Kai, the bitch who starts the fight in Ohio bar with Amanda and Jessica is Elizabeth Rooney. So I just thought that was cool the way not only was uh, Amanda's cousin, Amanda's cousin was a former love interest from Karate Kid 3. I was like, oh, cool. Because my Karate Kid 3 is a little fuzzy. Mine's very fuzzy. One and two are okay. Three is a little fuzzy for me. Um, but yeah, and then she was able to sit in the bar and say, no, no, you don't understand what he went through, man. And so she kind of comes home with this new understanding of just the lengths that Terry went through to torment Daniel Son. Well, and also the, the whole thing in the bar made her realize that stuff does continue throughout the years. Because she was kind of like, oh, it should have been over and done with. Why are you still letting it bother you? But the same thing happened to them. The past reared its head. Some maybe. people change for yeah. the better, like Mike yeah. Barnes, and some people don't change. And that yeah. brings me to Mike Barnes. He was a Karate Kid 3 baddie. He's the one that owns the furniture store. And I always kind of half expected him to be in league with Terry. But he no, yeah. no, he ends up being a good guy. Uh, what do you think of the way they played that out? I thought that was really funny. I thought the same thing you did too. I was there was always that little worry <laughs> that he was going to totally turn around and stab Daniel in the back. And well, and I, it was such smart writing to have him be the one that that steals the limo and takes him because now you think he is in league with Terry. Mm-hmm. Then come to find out that he just blames um, Daniel for the fire at his furniture store and then realizes, Oh, he had nothing to do with it. It's really not his fault. Mm -hmm. Uh, and then they kind of join forces. I, I thought that was a really interesting way to subvert expectation Mm -hmm. because we're all thinking he's in league with Terry, but no, no, he just pissed that he lost his whole life, his whole business. Yep. That was really fun. So ladies and gentlemen, please, uh, we're going to go to part two. Now we're going to continue on. We have a few more things left as far as what can be learned mental health-wise about the show. And then, yeah, we're going to go into each character and talk about what is the mental health lesson that they learned and what is their story arc. So please come back for part two. Baby, thank you very much. Thanks. You're doing wonderful. 
<laughs> Thanks. And, and you're welcome. <laughs> and uh, we'll see you in just a minute, you guys. <laughs> 